podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast powered by Guns Up Nation. You are on once again with your boy, Albie Shore. And we are talking Texas Tech at Oklahoma for a, uh, I don't want to call it fun, but an interesting uh, battle this Saturday. So because of that, I got to have my right-hand man, Dylan Smythe, with me. What's up, Dill? Yeah, uh, interesting is probably the key word there. I, th- I think this goes one or two ways, either very miserably or... We're going to have some fun. Maybe we cover uh, and, and and nothing in between. So it's funny is this week has been tech football has been all over the news for every reason, but actual football on the field. I think, yeah. I, I think a lot of our fans even forgot we have a game this Saturday. Um, <laughs> everybody's been on the message boards. Everybody's been listening to our podcast, listening to multiple podcasts, uh, blogs and, and papers and Dallas morning news, the Fort Worth, uh, San Antonio express, all of those. Because of the coaching chain, Sonny Cumbie, his first game as interim head coach. Um, and it, it'll be, it's interesting. I mean, we were talking even pre-pod about, you know, some of the rumblings going on in the coaching search. Is it Jeff Trailer, there's rumors that that uh, Kirby Hoka flew out to San Antonio during UTSA's bye week to interview Jeff Trailer. There's rumors that Sonny Dykes is intrigued in the job and is willing to do. There is even a rumor I heard today, Dylan, that Mike Leach is interested in potentially coming back. Yeah. So much, so, so much wild things going on. What is your what is your mindset? What has your mindset been about the Texas Tech Red Raiders and all everything going on with the program right now? Well, I've lived on Twitter for the past forty eight hours. Like I have my phone buried on Twitter, reading every possible rumor. You know, flight tracking season. Although I didn't buy it when I first read it, then I kind of dug a little deeper and saw. Okay, Kirby Hocutt's actually in San Antonio. It seems. Um, yeah, I. I up until about an hour ago, I had not done any prep for this game. I haven't researched anything up until about an hour ago because I was just too consumed in coaching rumors. And and I love the Mike Leach one. We're going to pay him either way, hopefully. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I kinda, a part of me is like, you know what? Let's just do it because for three, I have three distinct reasons why I'd be perfectly fine with Leach coming back. My three reasons are. One, his success, right? He's been successful almost everywhere he's been as a head coach and really tough spots to win, including Texas Tech, right? Um, that's, that's one, that he's a pretty good coach. And even with everybody adjusting to the air raid, he's still successful. That's one. Two is that if he does suck, everybody that is always on his bandwagon can just shut the hell up about it already. <laughs> and three, the pirate curse will be lifted. All right, so those and, are my three and, reasons. And four, candy corn is awful. Candy corn is disgusting. And and that's my guy. I mean, yeah. he he's got the best takes on candy, on yeah. wives, on weddings. Oh, oh it'd man, be fantastic! Like, it'd be fantastic. Even if it was a miserable three years, at least it'd be fun. It'd be fun three years, just like it'd be fun with my boy Deion Sanders, baby, Coach Prime. Bring Coach Prime to the West. All right, Prime you. Yep, there we go. Um, so we've had fun. I'm, I'm pretty positive it's going to be Jeff Trailer, but that, you know, we, we're having fun with it while we can. I also want this to be as over as soon as possible because as much fun as I'm having, I'm also sick of about half of our fan base. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to it. Oklahoma 
both teams are really at a weird place, right? So Texas Tech, obviously, they're a weird place. We just kind of talked about it. Sonny Cumbie is his first game as a as a head coach in any capacity. Um, he is now taking the reins of this team, uh, trying to be this fun, energetic guy. It's kind of like, you know, your 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 older brother came in and he's now watching you. He's been off at college for four years, and he's now, you know, in charge of you for the weekends because your parents are away and and it's all fun. That's what Sunny Company represents. We're going up against Oklahoma. They're a team that they have replaced their quarterback, Spencer Rattler, who was the presumed number one pick before the year started. The guy that I thought was going to – he was my pick for the Heisman before the year started. Boy, was I wrong. Um, and Caleb Williams has kind of came in, scooped in, become that guy up until last week where he struggled against – let me check my notes here. He struggled against Kansas. Yeah, yikes. They, what is they your... shut him out. They shut him out for a half. I, that I mean, that's amazing in itself. What's your initial reaction to this matchup? Yeah, okay, I guess I kind of buried the lead in, in my first sentence of the podcast, but I, I do feel that Oklahoma is susceptible. And you saw it last week against Kansas. You, you've seen it throughout the year. Like, this is the worst Aiden O team I've seen in a long time. Um, I do think they're susceptible, but at the same time, Caleb Williams is really, really talented. Kennedy Brooks, really, really talented. Marvin Mims, really, really talented. So they've got a lot of talent, but for whatever reason, they haven't put it together so far this year, despite being 8-0. and Well, I'll say this. For a game and a half, Caleb Williams Sooners look like world beers, right? Second half against Texas, making that comeback, and then against TCU, they beat the hell out of TCU. So I'm over here thinking this is the Oklahoma team with Caleb Williams that I thought we'd see all year long. But then they kind of reverted back to that scary Oklahoma team against Kansas. So I guess my question is, is who is who? We've seen Oklahoma, like you said, be the worst undefeated team in the country uh, all the way up until about a halfway through the Texas game. And then with Caleb Williams coming in, they look like world beaters. And then they reverted back. I mean, what are we? what can we expect against Tech? The world beaters? or the worst undefeated team in the country? And unfortunately, my answer to that question is, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, I feel the same way about Texas Tech, too. I mean, through through eight games, who are we? You know, every now and then we've looked like a really good, disciplined, like tough team. And then we just roll other games. We just roll over and die. So will... Sonny Cumbie being at the helm injects some energy into this team. I think so. I hope so. Um, well, it, it's all a question of how do these guys respond after just a, a tumultuous week? I mean, say what you want about Matt Wells. You saw that the care, uh, the, the players cared for him, you know, and, and vice versa. So there, there's some weird emotions going on this week, but I think Sonny Cumbie's probably done a good job of saying, hey, we got to get back to work. Yeah, definitely. And I listen, I, and I, I kind of joked a little bit about me, the older brother, but I think he's we're, he's going to have fun in this game. Sonny Cumbie's going to have fun in this game. We're going to pass the ball around. Um, I think this Henry Columbia is going to have the opportunity to really have a really big game in this one. So let's talk a little bit about Tech and the passing game. I, I actually think that after the bad game, one of, if not the worst, Henry Columbia start I think I've ever seen him, even including last year, seen him go. He was just truly bad. It wasn't nobody else to blame but him. I think he actually bounced back and bounces back in this game and fixes a lot of those mistakes we saw against Kansas State. And with his back, the backing of his coordinator, 
I, I actually think this is Oklahoma as a team that we've seen quarterbacks kind of eat up that secondary a little bit. And I can see Columbia doing so in this game. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I think their their secondary is susceptible. You you've seen it a few times. Now I think they're getting two members of their secondary back this week, which could be trouble, but I, I'm with you. I, I get tired of hearing people call for Donovan Smith and, and Baron Morton to start football games. Like the season's not over. That that's a that's a move you make when you're just you've called it quits on the season. We're one win away from bowl eligibility. Henry Columbia gives us the best chance to win. And yes, he was awful last week, but I do think he's a good quarterback. And I think he poses a threat to that secondary. That's a move you make when you as a coach care about the future. Why the hell should Sonny Cumbie care about exactly. the future at this point? <laughs> what, what excites me the most about Sonny Cumbie in the next three, four weeks, he's got nothing to lose. You know, let it loose. Let it fly. Uh, I think I don't think we see much of a difference. Uh, I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit here. You, let's pretend you just asked me, how does the offense look different now that Sonny Cumbie's the head coach rather than the OC? I don't think it's very different, except for the fact that Henry, uh, not Henry Columbia, the Sonny Cumbie has the license to let it fly. He's got nothing to lose. Let's take some shots. Let's get weird. Yeah, I do think Cumbie passes the ball more, and I think we're more aggressive in general. I think that's the biggest – will be the biggest difference is I, I believe we're going to go for it on fourth more. I believe we're going to, like you said, I mean, he has nothing to lose. I, I expect a, I expect some magic from Sonny Cumbie a la when he first got to TCU and had a little bit of the magic there with him. So um, this is an interesting game. I, I, so as we switch – and let's talk about the running game a little bit. Todd Brooks, we finally saw him back last week against K-State. Um, and – Todd Brooks, Sir Roderick Thompson, we have not seen that duo fully healthy all year. This is probably about as healthy as they're going to be, right? Against a fairly tough Oklahoma front seven. What do you think about this running game and how how will the O-line be able to make some holes for him? Well, I think the running game is going to be really important because what you saw from Kansas last week, Kansas kind of provided a blueprint to beat Oklahoma, and that was ball control. That was... You know, they ran with both Jason Bean and their back, but that was kind of their recipe, at least through the first half, to almost beating Oklahoma. And so I think, yeah, the run game is going to be really important in this game. And this might be an unpopular opinion, but if you've listened to this podcast, you know I am a big Taj Brooks guy. I just, through the first four games that he started versus Sir Roderick Thompson's first four games, I think Taj Brooks is the more explosive player. Um, is it you're a, giving me a face. A, what do you want to say about that? Now, is it a problem that I might agree? <laughs> it's not a problem. I, I like I, I'm Sir glad Roderick you're Thompson finally coming over to the dark side. Look, I like Sir Roderick Thompson a lot, but Todd Brooks' first three game was pretty incredible. I, I haven't seen explosiveness and work in the middle like that since DeAndre Washington. It was pretty impressive to watch Todd Brooks work the first three games. Roger's still great. I, mean, I don't want to take anything away from Sir Roger. But if we're comparing the two, man, Todd Brooks is pretty unbelievable. I mean, last week we busted off one just really, really big run. And you know who it was? It was Todd Brooks. Todd Brooks. Up the middle. Yep, it was Todd Brooks. So one thing that I will say, it's very interesting, and shout out to Emery Light. I, I randomly saw his tweet today when I was throwing through. He's talking to Ryan Mainville, and he's talked about how the last two trips to Norman, we've seen breakout run games from uh, uh, starting running backs from King back in 2017, and then Sir Roderick Thompson in 2019. 
right? And I and I think this is I, I don't know if I'd call it a breakout for Todd Brooks, but I do think this is the game where we really see him him fly and, and really uh, uh uh go crazy in this game. Um, so I I think that is definitely an interesting matchup to look out for us. Um, so let's swap over to the other side of the ball because I think this I think this side is really where we know whether this is going to be a if Tech has any shot, and that is Oklahoma offense versus Texas Tech defense, right? This is where I can easily see this game being reminiscent of Texas, where Oklahoma just beats us 70 to 35. I can easily see that happening. Uh, but again, it's because I can see Tech, our offense putting up 35 points, but if our defense can't hold Oklahoma to anything, they're going to drop 70 on our heads. What do you think about Caleb Williams and what he brings to the Oklahoma Sooner offense? I think the the run threat is, is what sets Caleb Williams apart from Spencer Rattler. Um, a little bit more designed runs. I, I, him on the ground kind of scares me a little bit. And uh, Texas Tech history with rushing quarterbacks has not been great. Um, however, he, he's been pretty inconsistent, which is kind of funny because that's why they benched Spencer Rattler. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you that I think they're either going to beat the brakes off of us or Caleb Williams is going to struggle to get going like he did last week. Um, now, I think a recipe for helping out a good quarterback is a good run game. And if you're Texas Tech defense and you're, you're, you mentioned the run game and Texas Tech fans are probably already like, oh, God, here we go again. Uh, if Kennedy Brooks provides a spark and takes some pressure off Caleb Williams, then we're really in trouble. Yeah, I think one thing with Caleb Williams, he's going to be efficient. Uh, and, I, and you said the biggest difference is run threat. I actually think it's his efficiency over Spencer Rattler. Like, he is an incredibly efficient quarterback. Doesn't make too many mistakes and, and kind of routinely makes the right decision. Uh, however, Oklahoma was really conservative last week against Kansas. And I don't know if maybe it was because they just thought, hey, we can just play it cool and get out of Lawrence and call it a day. Or what? But they were very, and we are used to seeing Lincoln Riley be so conservative. They were very conservative last week and kind of scared. And like a part of me feels Lincoln Riley is not used to freshman quarterbacks. And I, I am a little, I'm curious if he is, though he sees the talent in Caleb Williams, he doesn't necessarily trust him yet. We saw it a lot with Spencer Rattler early in the season where Lincoln Riley didn't necessarily trust him. Finally, Spencer Rattler proved himself towards later season and more was opened up. But this is Caleb Williams, only his second. Er, this will be his third start of the year, right? And so I am I'm curious. Like, does Lincoln Riley open the playbook a little more? And if he does, does Caleb Williams struggle? Or do you keep that conserv- conservatism? I personally hope they stay conservative, right? Hope they try to run the ball a little bit more. They ran the ball 34 times last week. And Kansas defense just did a really good job of containing Kennedy Brooks. At the flip side of that, if if Kennedy Brooks bursts off, they won't have to worry about the running with the passing game. Kennedy Brooks will be fine. Uh, so what do you think about Brooks and Williams? You already talked about him in the run game, but what do you think about the run game? Well, so uh, on the season, Caleb Williams averages 11 yards at attempt on the ground. That's that's a little scary because I think those yardage usually factors in sacks as well. Uh, that's scary. Um, and, and we talked about, I touched on Kennedy Brooks while he didn't have... He ran the ball 24 times last week and only had 79 yards to show for it. He's a better back than he showed last week. I, I think Kennedy Brooks is an NFL caliber running back. And so, yeah, it just goes back to the amount. I think, what, we've given up two 300-yard rushing games this season. 
that's that's just a scary thought to me because I do think Kennedy Brooks is probably the third best back we'll, we'll see all year. Yeah, I, I do. I do think, and you were talking about earlier as far as as uh, ball control. One one thing I have for you last week. I do think last week is a little bit of a blueprint. In the first half, Oklahoma had three possessions total. That's it. No more than that. In the second half, Oklahoma had five possessions total. Still lesser. And then, mind you, all five ended in touchdowns. So I think that's the problem there. But holding them to only eight possessions in a game, that's how you can win a football game. If you're, you know, if you're not Kansas, that's how you can win a football game. And so I do think that that is kind of the, the lesson here is having Oklahoma draw out. Don't let them hit big hitters because even in their their touchdown drives, I mean, they had touchdown drives of 14 plays and of 12 plays. Make them long. Make them actually have to go through everything as opposed to quick hits, quick hits, quick hits, like we've seen Oklahoma do against Texas Tech previously. And I think a lot of that is, like you said, talking about containing Kennedy Brooks. We, I mean, this, the fact of the matter is, and I don't think it's any uh, secret here, we can't let what happened against Texas and TCU happen again. Oklahoma has, they can do it. And we can't let that happen again. We're yet to have a situation where a quarterback grows roughshod on us this year. But we can't let – so I dare Caleb Williams to be the person who beats you. So I think we have a little bit of a recipe for how Texas Tech can pull off a pretty big upset. We kind of said it. We, like, reduce the amount of times they have the ball um, limit and, and be aggressive, call big plays. Um what are some other keys, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that you think that Tech defense can do to slow down Oklahoma? You know, I, I think something we haven't seen in a few weeks is let's get back to the turnovers, uh, causing turnovers. I mean, that's another way to give yourself more possessions than the other team, right? Buy yourself a possession. Get a turnover. I think the turnover battle is is, is our one really big hope in this game. Sooners haven't logged an interception in the last 20 quarters of football that they played. Well, they so logged they, Did they? Yeah, he, he threw an interception against Kansas. What? Then this stat is terribly wrong. Um, okay, so one interception in the last 20 quarters <laughs> of football. Um, dang you, Heartland College Sports, for misleading me with this stat. <clears throat> Uh, but I still think that that's a blueprint. You know, Texas Tech, when we win football games, it's because we are generating turnovers on defense. And uh, I already mentioned if we can if we can stop the run and create turnovers on defense, I think that's all you can ask for out of this Texas Tech team. I You do bring up a really good point on turnovers, but unfortunately, Oklahoma does do a really good job of not turning the ball over. And Tech recently hasn't done the best job of turning the ball over, right? Like it's... Kind of, uh, uh, it's one of those things where I would love to see it happen. But hell, even when we played Kansas, we kept, like, balls were slipping through our defenders' hands, right? Eric Monroe had one that was just right in the wheelbasket, and he couldn't pull it in. Um, so it's it's funny. Previously, that was our bread and butter because we couldn't do anything else. And now this year, it's like our secondary actually played pretty well despite the injuries, and we just can't get that going. Uh, so, Let's let's talk a little bit about this game, shall we? Here we are. It's going to be at two thirty in Norman. Um, so, give me your offensive matchup to watch for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. I think I'm going all in on Taj Brooks being healthy and being the 
starter. Actually, no, erase all that. Their secondary is susceptible. We've got the best receiver in the Big 12. Give me a breakout Eric Izukama game. And you know what? Let him do it on the ground. We saw him take that reverse for, what was it, like 45 or something yards? Like, let's let's keep Eric Izukama involved, whether it be short passes, long passes, or on the ground game. I mean, we, we've said it all season. He's the best in the Big 12. There's not a corner in the league who scares me if I'm Eric Izukama. So here's a funny stat. Oklahoma is second in the conference in sacks. Only one of two teams in the conference with 20-plus sacks. Um, can this O-line hold up? I, I'm of the belief that Henry Columbia is going to drop back quite a bit in this game. I think we're going to pass the ball more than usual, and, and Sonny Cumbie is going to let that thing go. Oklahoma likes to tee off. So can our O-line hold our guy or hold our guy Henry Columbia upright? Because we've seen Henry Columbia, if he gets put on the ground, sometimes he starts getting a little quick with the trigger, um, starts, you know, starts short hopping, starts releasing a little sooner than usual. Can they keep him upright and can that happen? That's kind of the, the, the matchup that I want to see. Uh, defensively, what are you looking for? You know, I think with with a young quarterback, and you mentioned uh, Lincoln Riley doesn't trust freshman quarterbacks. I, I think the best thing you could do is make them uncomfortable, right? Uh, we we saw him show up last week quite a bit, despite the two offsides penalties in a row. Give me Tyree Wilson. I mean, he's the most talented, physically gifted guy on our defensive line, and I think the best thing you could do against a young quarterback who's been somewhat inconsistent is pressure him pressure him early and often so give me tyree wilson tyree wilson whoever is blocking him tyree wilson played really really well against k-state i don't care about the offside calls he played he played out of his mind against k-state and if that continues that'll just be fantastic um the easy answer would be our can we hold kennedy brooks kennedy brooks versus our front seven will we be able to contain him? that's the easy answer um but i'm actually going to go look at the passing game oklahoma leads the conference in passing yards Caleb Williams, the reason why he got the job is because of the performance he did against Texas in the passing game, right? Though we talked about how conservative they were against Kansas, they weren't that conservative against TCU in the second half of Texas. So if they go back to that, can this, what oddly enough has kind of been our strength and wins, has been how good our secondary has been? I know that's really weird to say, but the secondary has been better than usual. This is a game that will prove just how good or bad our secondary still is, right? If they decide to go back to the passing game, can Oklahoma or can our secondary limit Caleb Williams and staff. Um, but I, even though I do think a lot of that predicates just how much we can slow down Kennedy Brooks, because if you're watching the tape and you see TCU and you see Texas Tech, you're like, why the hell do we need – or Texas, you're like, why the hell do we need to pass against this team? So I get that. But if they do, well, I want to see what the secondary can do against the Oklahoma team. Yeah, and and they've got a lot of talented receivers, uh, probably the most talented being Marvin Mims, who – doesn't lead the team in, in receptions, but I think he leads the team in yards. So tells you how explosive he can be. Yeah. So, Dylan, Oklahoma has beaten Texas Tech nine straight times. The last time Texas Tech won, however, was in Norman. We beat I, Oklahoma. I remember where I was. Yes. Was that what your freshman year, right? Uh, I think it was. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was underage drinking at the time. So yes, <laughs> I'll say this: Lubbock was so lit after Seth Dagey and company pulled off that incredible win in Norman. Broadway was packed. It was such a great time. Can the Texas Tech Raiders pull off the unthinkable after being? And now, right now, they are nineteen and a half dogs, point dogs 
similar to how it was in 2011. We were huge dogs in that game too. Can mm-hmm. we do the unthinkable? Can't. I'm hesitant to say yes. If you would have asked me, can we cover? I would have said yes. Um, Actually, well, I'll say this. I do think tech covers. I'm going to put that out there. I do think tech covers. I I agree. I think tech covers. Uh, Unless they beat the brakes off of of us, Texas Tech covers. But uh, I think what I'm going to have to do is find a house party in Lubbock just to, like, recreate the 2012 magic. I need to be back in the same element, you know, like (laughs) whatever I have to do to summon some voodoo for this football game. I'm going to go back to Lubbock, find me a a house party, and hopefully the cops show up right at the end, just like they did in 2012. There we go. So you got got Oklahoma still? I do. Yeah, I have Oklahoma. Uh, No love. Yeah, I, I do think this team will come out energized, and that's why I think they cover. But uh, this stopping this Oklahoma team is a tall task, and it, it doesn't matter who's the head coach. I, I think this is just too much. So funny enough, Oklahoma Twitter is a little worried about this game, which I find it very scared. interesting. Yeah, it's, it's I, I now I get it. Oklahoma, fun fact: Oklahoma, and I don't know the last time they did it, but they're not used to leaving the month of October unscathed. It's not a normal thing, right? And this is the last weekend in October. Um, So a lot of them, they see the firing of Wells. They see this new coach come in, who's Wally coach with with the wacky hair and he's energetic and you see hype videos of Tech being like, oh, let's go out there and win one for Cumbie and win one for, you know, kind of a send off of Wells, if you will, and all this other stuff. Let's prove how good a team we are and this and the other. It is a recipe. And I'll say if the game was in Lubbock, I might be crazy enough to pick us. I might be crazy enough to do that. There ain't no way in hell I see us beating this <laughs> Oklahoma team, Norman. I just don't see it. I, I truly don't see it. I Even if it's something wacky like a two-lane game, right, and we just have that 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 thing going for us, it won't matter. Oklahoma's still going to win the game. I, I have this as a 45-28 ball game. Um, Lincoln Riley's too good. Uh, just like we watched last week against Kansas, no matter how good Kansas looked through three quarters, we all knew in our hearts they had no way they had a child in this game. And even if Tech comes out guns blazing, pun intended, um, we all know that's what's going to happen. Oklahoma's going to eventually have it all play out, and they're going to get the W. Uh, but who knows? Maybe you know, maybe Spencer Rattler's looking across the across the way to his new team. Uh, you know, I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Um, so we're both picking Oklahoma in this game. Again, this is murderer's row for Tech coming up, and it really starts with this week going into our bye week. I do love the idea of, you know what, get rid of Matt Wells and and see what kind of magic you could maybe create out of the end of the, end of the schedule. Like, Ask you know. Ed Orgeron. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Every time he's an interim head coach, he, that's what we should have hired as an interim randomly. Just go out Ed Orgeron. We need you to coach our last four games. I'm not going to hire you as a full-time guy, but like we need your interim coach magic to let this happen. Because, I mean, it's... Go you know, Raiders. <laughs> it is, you know, players, there's a little more freedom a lot of times when you have an interim, when your coach is fired midseason. Things happen. That's why so many times you see the interim get hired on full-time because he's, he uses that magic to a full-time gig. I do think Tech's going to win at least one of these four games in Murderer's Row just because of that, just off the strength of the magic itself. Um, and so maybe two, who knows? But I just, that, that's not a that's not a referendum on the coaching staff. It just, you're, you're more loose when you don't have anything to lose. So that's one of the reasons why I think Tech covers and I think we go forward. So 
Um, with that, again, we're not going to have, we didn't have a Big 12 episode last week. We have some extra time here, Dylan. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit briefly before we end this pod, talk briefly on the games going on in week nine. Are you ready? Oh boy. I wish you would have told me beforehand, but we're just going to go off the cuff predictions. Dylan, just like last year, I never told you about these last year. I just sprung them on you. It's the reason why you low-key hate me. Uh, you would think I would learn by now and just assume <laughs> we were going to do this, but no. Yeah. Uh, so first things first, Texas at 16th ranked Baylor. I do find it funny. I do find it pretty hilarious that this is the matchup and the ranked team is Baylor. But who do you have in this one? Yeah, it's funny. Someone someone listed, I think it was Frogs of War. They're, what team is most likely to get upset this weekend? And they mentioned Texas as the favorite. However, Baylor is ranked. Um, this is a tough one. This is the game of the week in the Big 12 for me. Um, oh, man. I, I could go back and forth many ways on this, but I, I don't trust Texas enough. Uh, I was really low on Baylor, but, boy, have they proved me wrong. Give me a Baylor Bears. You know, it's funny. I, uh, I feel like I should pick Texas, but Baylor at home, man. This reminds me a lot of the Baylor-Iowa State game in that Iowa State, I still felt, was a better team, but Baylor was at home, and they're playing good. They're playing hot. They just beat a really good BYU team last week. And this Texas team, the the, the joy of seeing Texas go 4-4 four and four is a little too much to pass up. They're kind of reeling right now. And so I think at home, it's a toss-up, but Baylor wins with a game-winning field goal. Um, and Texas, that'd be three straight losses for them, which would be pretty wild. Uh, but Dave Aranda's too good of a I'm going to go Baylor. I'm going to go Baylor. Baylor, Vegas did go in their favor. Baylor is the favorite currently, but ESPN actually does have them predicted to lose. So they, I, I agree it's going to be a really tough game and an exciting game to kick off our day. Um, next up, 22nd ranked Iowa State at West Virginia. Uh, can West Virginia pull off another one? Is it still going to be October on Saturday? It is still going to be October. Okay, well, then give me Brocktober. Again, I did not come up with that. Uh, give me Brock Purdy in Brocktober. Iowa State's just got something magical. And, and I, I, I just don't trust this West Virginia team. And it, it shows that I don't even think they trust their own quarterback this year. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. West Virginia, kind of, they're back. They're back, baby. They beat TCU last week on the road. An impressive win, even though TCU is eh. Um, but they're playing a pretty tough Iowa State team. Iowa State is a seven-point favorite, all, you know, in Morgantown. I do think last week's win kind of brought the fan base a little bit back more on Neil Brown and, and, and Jared Dagey's side, but not. But they're going to be right back <laughs> to cursing him out again after taking this L against Iowa State. Um, I do have Iowa State here. But I think it's going to be a good game, and I only have Iowa State by a, a tutty, just by one. Um, so it should be should be interesting. To, and to that's the me. spread, actually. So hey, well, I, that's why I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't. That's a that's a push. If you ask me. Um, next up, TCU at Kansas State uh, on the on ESPNU. Right, they put the important games on ABC at that time. Texas Tech at Oklahoma, uh, ESPNU, where you can see two purple teams that nobody cares about go at it. Man, okay, so the, another game that I think is going to be really close. The line is three and a half points. Um, oh, boy, this one's tough to pick because you, you never know what you're going to get from Max Duggan on any given week. Um, 
man, I, I almost want to pick TCU so they don't uh, fire Gary Patterson next week and we're competing for a coach. But uh, no, I think I got to pick Kansas State. I, I think uh, while Zach Evans is probably the more talented running back, Deuce Vaughn is just he's a bad boy. We bottled him up for a half and that's the best we could do. So give me, give me Kansas state. So Kansas state has lost three of the last four games. TCU has lost four of the last five games. I wonder who they know the common denominator. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Goodness gracious. (laughs) Um, Here's the thing. Zach Evans is the best player in this game between the two teams. Like overall. However, I don't know what's going on with Zach Evans and TCU right now. Um, and it's tough to say, but it is interesting that it's these two teams that virtually look each other in the mirror. Max Duggan, Skylar Thompson, very similar players. Deuce Vaughn and, and Kendra Miller, if they if they don't end up, I don't know how good Zach Evans is going to be or where his headset or headspace is going to be in this game. But Kendra Miller and Deuce Vaughn, very similar players. Like this team, these teams are all both looking at each other. And I'm a big fan of picking the home game, uh, home team in, in situations like this. Um, I am going to go with K-State at home. I, it, it's uh, It'll be close, though. It'll be close. I think both teams are similar. And I do, but K-State is a better defense, and that's really the difference, and that's the reason why I got them in this game, uh, is that they do have the defense required to win, win a game like this. One uh, note on Zach Evans. Um, yeah. I, I get really tired of people making really decisive tweets based on Instagram. <laughs> You saw it with Spencer Rattler. Nothing's happened yet with Spencer Rattler, but it's just guys. Yes. These guys do stupid things on Instagram, but stop reading into it. Yeah. 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 I remember we read into the fact that uh, a certain basketball coach still had the head coach, Texas tech university on there. We switched the board. That told us everything we needed to know. Right. Yeah. Wrong. Uh, Last but not least, Kansas plays another Oklahoma school, this time playing 15th ranked Oklahoma State. Can Kansas put another scare into our the Sooner State? Uh, no, because this is the best defense they're going to play all year. Uh, Oklahoma State's defense, which is weird to me that just saying these words. Oklahoma State's defense is for real. They're 30-point favorites. Yeah, I, I think this week Kansas goes back into the basement where they belong. You know, if you what is this? If you drop ten bucks on Kansas, you can win two thousand. Is that correct? Yeah, I think it's correct. Um, so hey, hey, who knows? Who knows? Um, I know. It's Kansas is not gonna <laughs> win this game. Uh, um question is if they cover the spread right now is thirty and a half. I don't trust Spencer Sanders enough to say that they won't cover. It may be a situation where they win thirty one to three, but that's all they would need. I would be surprised if they managed to score 30 points because I'm with you. Their offense is outside of their running back who's, who's pretty good. I, I don't trust Spencer Sanders. Um, so, yeah, their offense is horrible. So I, I could see them not covering only because their offense is that bad. You know what? I'm not going to watch this game, and I'll tell you why I'm not going to watch this game. I mean, I'll watch it for, you know, analysis and all that other stuff, but uh, I cannot stand Oklahoma State's and a lot of that has to do with that i sat through the 66 game a decade ago and to this day it still rings in my ear uh it's awful i hate it so much so uh yeah yeah i'm i just they're gonna they're gonna i mean Spencer, if there's ever a day where spencer sanders is gonna look like like he's how how i thought he might have been his freshman year 
This will be it. This will be the day where Kansas defense makes him look good. He could use the Kansas confidence boost. Yeah. And everybody gets but Caleb Williams in Oklahoma. Uh, so, so yeah, that is it for us. We got to get out of here. Um, Texas Tech does play a game this Saturday. They play the Oklahoma Sooners, so make sure to check that out. It is on ABC. Uh, and we'll see Sonny Cumbie in his first role as head coach. I know he's going to want to make th- fun things happen, so, so let's see that. As far as the coaching carousel, it's going to be rotating and rotating around. I personally believe there's a guy, there's people that I want and people that I joke about, and then who I actually think is going to get the job. I've I've been pretty confident this person's going to get the job even before well. Deion Sanders. Uh, <laughs> Lord, do I wish. Oh my God, would that be fun? Uh, but we'll see. I, you know what I'm saying? I'm just your friendly neighborhood podcaster. I don't really know. I'm just get. I'm just making hypotheses. Um, and so into the coaching verse, you know, exactly, exactly. It's like an episode of what if, <laughs> you know, uh, what if Deion Sanders took over the Texas tech head coaching it's probably, in the multiverse, Deion Sanders is probably the new Texas tech head coach. And we win like five national championships because, you know, he's coach prime and we have the number one recruiting class. Cause everybody wants to play for him. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Dylan, anything else you want to say to the people? In whatever capacity, whether it be in a full-time basis or a one-time payment, pay the pirate. <laughs> End the curse. End the curse. I will say this. If we get another coach and he ain't he, he can't cut it out either and some wacky things happen to him and our quarterback next year also suffers a season in the injury, man, I'm yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna go full super, full superstition. You know, it's it's getting it'd, at that point, it would get too ridiculous. Not um, superstitious. I'm a little stitious. A little stitious. Uh, so yeah, this is. It's been a fun. It's been an interesting week. This will be an interesting game. Uh, please come in it with absolutely zero expectations. No expectations whatsoever. Which I, is exactly what this administration wanted after firing Wells, right? <laughs> yeah. No, hey, low, low expectations. If we get, listen, I'm a Texans fan. That's how I've been all year long. So I'm very, <laughs> I'm a Texans and Rockets fan. My expectations are shot, right? Texans. I heard Texas. Like, oh, wait, sorry. What? Texans. Houston, I'm a Houston Texans fan and a Houston Rockets fan, right? I am a fan of the worst team in the second worst team in the NBA and the second worst team in the NFL. And the only reason they're not the worst in each is because the Jacksonville Jaguars and Oklahoma city thunder exist. Thank you to those two franchises. Right. Um, Other than that, my teams are bad. So I'm used to having no expectations and I will carry that mindset into this game this Saturday. So, uh, Dylan. (laughs) All right. Well, for my producer extraordinaire, that is Dylan Smythe. This is Albie Shore. You've been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.